Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest uh, podcast. And this podcast, just um, it's be a relatively short one, but just some things came to my mind. So the first one is I was dr- driving to work this morning, and uh, there was a contest on the radio, and the contest was uh, to answer this question correctly. And the question was that today was Dustin Hoffman's birthday, and how old was Dustin Hoffman? Now... The problem with getting older is that everyone else also gets older. And some people who were like people you really liked when you were a kid, you forget they were substantially older. So I think in Dustin Hoffman, I think The Graduate and Rainmaker and Kramer vs. Kramer and, and all those kind of movies. But so I thought, you know, well, you know, I don't know how old he is, but then the correct answer was 70. How is it possible that Dustin Hoffman is 70 years old? And then you think back to when was The Graduate? The Graduate was, I think, about uh, 1966, 1967. You know, Simon and Garfunkel, all those really good Mrs. Robinson songs. So that's 40-plus years ago. So it's somewhat amazing. And, um, you know, there's a thing in some magazines. Often you get these articles or books and in the back of the magazine is something called transitions. And transitions means different things to different people. And in many magazines, transitions means when you croak. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that's a really good term for croaking, but transitions is probably not a great term either. But uh, yesterday, um, one of the heroes of my youth, also Phil Rizzuto, passed away. Phil Rizzuto, I never saw him play. He played in the 50s for the Yankees and early 60s. You know, he was one of their heroes in those great Casey Stengel teams. But uh, I knew Phil Rizzuto because he was the announcer for the Yankees for probably 40 years. He, he pronounced things terribly. He got the facts confused. He would chitter-chatter on the air about nonsense, and that's before uh, people did that. Now everyone chitter-chatters about nonsense. People make podcasts and chitter-chatter about nonsense also. But... The, the point is, his big thing was when someone hit a home run, he'd say, holy cow. And he passed away at age 89 yesterday. So, uh, um, you know, he did well for himself. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it's things like that, that that are kind of interesting. In terms of this age thing, it's kind of like when you talk about uh, all of us in medicine, when you talk about a uh, middle-aged female with abdominal pain, so at some point in your career, middle-aged female is like some 35-year-old. And then at some point in your career, middle-aged probably means they're like 55 or 60 years old. And probably at some other point in your career, middle-aged will mean they're 85 years old. But uh, again, terms are all relative. The other thing I was going to comment on was stuff related to CME and just the craziness. I Hopkins has the greatest CME office, and I work with terrific people like Carlita Kearney and Todd Dorman's the head position in charge there. And, you know, CME rules are changing. And it's not the Hopkins rules. It's the AMA rules. It's the rules that relate to drug companies. And in the past, I have no doubt there were boondoggles. Drug companies would send people to meetings in fancy places and send their spouse and kids. And they would have a 30-minute lecture or maybe a couple times. And they would have these incredible banquets and all those kind of good stuff. And they would ski and do all sorts of things. Ah, the good old days. But anyway... Now it's swung so far the other way, you can go crazy. And I'll, I'll make a case in point. Uh, Stan Stilgeman and I in Florida always quiz each other. It's one of the things we do at the meeting for 24 years or so. 
And many years ago, uh, Ken Travis from uh, Amersham at that point, or Sterling, said to me, well, we ought to give a trophy out, and uh, they'd be happy to give out the trophy. So you have a trophy. It's the thought that counts. I mean, this is not an Emmy, and it's not an Oscar, and it's not a gold statue. But uh, Amersham became GE, and they're part of GE, and so we call this quiz the GE Healthcare Quiz. And so Stan and I quiz each other, the audience can participate, they see the cases in advance, and the person in the audience who gets the most answers right, which is usually just a couple, we don't do much better, of course, uh, gets this trophy. And we used to give a trophy, remember in baseball, you know, Harold Jacobson would always talk about, you know, if he got the case right, it was a home run. So we were giving out this big trophy with a baseball player, and that was pretty cool. But then people complained that with the new restrictions post uh, 9-11, you couldn't carry these big things on, on planes. And so we went to a plaque, a simple plaque, which basically says, you know, you were the winner of the GE Healthcare Quiz. Well, now I was told that we can't put GE Healthcare Quiz name on the, on the program for the meeting because people might assume that it means something else. Now, this is not a Hopkins rule, but... I tell you, when you can't do things that are so simple, when everybody is worrying about things like the quiz name might infer something, and if you gave out a pencil that had someone's name on it, give me strength. I think I agree that there need to be rules and guidelines, but there's a point when the rules and guidelines become ridiculous. I know a lot of it comes from Congress and the pressure Congress is putting. So Congress, where the guys don't take anything from anybody, but they get speaking tours where they get a quarter of a million dollars to give a one-hour lecture to 27 people, that's not an issue. Now, when they start paying radiologists $250,000, well, take $25,000 for a lecture, now that's the days I'd like to see. But in the meantime, we can't put GE Healthcare on our quiz. Anyway, the quiz will go on, GE Healthcare will go on, and life will go on. But it's sometimes these things that are just hard to imagine where the focus becomes on little silly things. I think the focus should be on the content of the lectures, the content of the quiz, and the content of the meeting to make sure the attendees get a good experience for their money. That's where we at Hopkins and all my CT courses, we focus on great speakers, great lectures, a great audience experience. I never thought I'd have to worry about the pen colors or where the pens are, that if you give out a pen and it says GE or Siemens, you can't give a pen in the room where the speaker is or where the talks are going on, you give it in the hallway. So this year, I think what we may have to end up doing is put the pens in the bathroom. So if you go to the bathroom, after you wash your hands, you can take a pen. Well, we'll see. If I say that, that's going to be the rule. You never know. Anyway. With that, have a nice day and enough quetching for one day. Be good. Bye.